Hi, welcome to Conversations Worth Your While, a show in which I chat with authentic, heart-centered experts about interesting topics to inspire and spark and motivate personal and professional change. And today we are going to be talking about living your best big life. This conversation is worth your while because everyone wants to figure out how to get rid of all that noise in your head and find some clarity. Everyone wants to know how to start on this journey to their biggest, best life. Well, I am your host, Linda Booker. I am a transformational speaker and a master certified life coach. Um, after living not my big best life and being a chameleon and feeling like a victim for about 45 years, I finally discovered who I am. And now it is my honor and my privilege to help you do the same in your life because you have a rich, full life to lead. You have important gifts to give to the world. You have a splash to make. And for that to happen, you've got to do five things, but I'm not going to tell you what they are right now, but I will tell you in a few minutes. So we can talk about it at a, a future date. But today I would love to introduce this man who I have the pleasure of being joined by this is John Holiday. He is an international singer. He is a teacher. He is a world shaper. He is the one of the most authentic, imaginative, gifted people I know, and I am so proud to call him my friend. John is sending love to the world. He is shining his light. He advocates for youth in the arts, and he inspires others to take the world by storm. And there's no one else who I know who's taken the world by such storm other than John Holiday. John, thank you so much for being with me today. Very welcome. I'm happy to be here with you. So <laughs> it's an honor. I love you so much, and I'm just privileged to be able to do it. So there you go. Oh, thank you. Okay. Can you tell us a little bit more? Tell the audience a little bit more about what you do. Yeah, I am an international opera singer, but not just opera. I sing jazz. I sing pop and gospel music, which are my roots. I grew up in a church in the Houston, Texas area, um, living in a, a town or a city called Rosenberg, but being in close proximity to Houston. So and in proximity to such greatness and such uh, amazing talent. Um, I have my degrees are in vocal performance, a bachelor's, a master's degree, and I have an artist diploma from the Juilliard School. And I have sung on all the world stages uh, that I ever dreamed of and even more. I have sung at the Metropolitan Opera, Los Angeles Opera, Carnegie Hall, the Apollo Theater. Six times I've sung at the Apollo Theater. Um, the Wallace in Beverly Hills, Bayerische Staatsoper in Munich, the Dutch National Opera in Amsterdam, gosh, the, the Paris Philharmonie, the Barbican, I had a residency at the MGM Casino in Macau. Uh, and I'm also a professor of voice. I'm an associate professor of music at the University of Maryland here in College Park, Maryland. And uh, I don't know, I just, I love, I love singing. I love music. I love people. Um, and I love being my most authentic self because I know that that's the thing that continues to propel me forward, being authentic, being really clear about what it is that I believe God wants for me to do or, or that thing that we call larger than ourselves doesn't have to be God for you. Um, but really following that and, and I'm a lover, you know, in many ways. I mean, I love is a huge part of my life. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's a lot but that's who I am. Well, there's no, I mean, what an example of living your best big life you are for the world. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that 
<clears throat> I know is that we don't start like this, right? We start with a challenge, with a struggle. And um, and we have to know inside ourselves, we have to have that desire to get through that. So when you were like, <laughs> I remember asking you this, and let's see if you remember the answer you told me. I told, I asked you when you were um, making your case, your business plan for cutting that, that CD, um, you know, why, why do you want to get your music out to the world? Like, why? And do you remember what you told me? I do not. I don't remember. <laughs> it was a while ago, but I mean, I, I don't remember what it was. Well, you you started, you, you basically said, I'm going to let you say in your own words, you said, basically, if a person of your roots can, you know, get this far, then so can anyone. So can you oh, talk yeah. a little bit about the challenges of your roots? I think that, you know, especially as an African-American man in the in this world, there are a lot of challenges that we have. Then there are some challenges that we don't have. You know, one of my best friends would say, well, there's not really any difference, but there is, you know, for some of us. Uh, I, I would say, in addition to being an Afri African-American, also growing up as an LGBTQIA member in the South, in the Missionary Baptist Church, uh, and having struggles with worthiness. And I pro that's probably what I was saying back then is that I don't know, <laughs> and it's so funny, uh, because I'm getting ready to work on another thing and I keep on asking myself, why am I not doing it? And I think that the question always goes back to, or the answer always goes back to worthiness, is feeling whether or not you're worthy. And then after doing it, feeling like, oh my God, it wasn't that hard just to do it. And even if nobody else listens to it, I go back and I listen to my music all the time. Sometimes I take a big break from it, but then I go back to it and I listen to it. Um, but a lot of times I think that the, there are challenges that most people may not admit to, but I think a lot of people struggle with worthiness. So it's um, oftentimes when I'm speaking to my mentees and to my students, I'm often speaking with them about worthiness, about you're worthy to do this. It doesn't matter if you win. It doesn't matter if you triumph in the way that others triumph. The triumph for you is in the doing. Mm. It's wonderful to read about it. It's wonderful to see it, but it's different to do it. And for me, I think the struggle has always been, you know, growing up, uh, and wondering if I was worthy, you know, uh, there are some people who would say, you know, they would probably think uh, that most musicians are pretentious and conceited. A lot of us are not. A lot of us are shy um, at first, and then we're very extroverted. But uh, but for me specifically, I think I, I struggled a lot with worthiness and wondering if I was enough. Mm. Uh, and not my singing. I don't mean my singing. I really do mean me. Was I enough? Who wants to listen to me? Uh, and I still, I, sometimes I say that I'm like, nobody really cares, but I'm going to do it anyway, uh, because somebody might care. Um, and mostly the somebody that cares is me, mm. you know, and then when I'm able to get past that and give it, then I'm, I'm very aware that there are other people out there whose lives will be changed because of my my having enough confidence to just do it. And I think that's probably what I meant by saying, if I can do it, they too can do it. A lot of times people don't want to enjoy, nobody enjoys the struggle. <laughs> A part of, I and, and because, you know, what I learned through you is like, you know, we all, we all thrive out of abundance and in abundance. But 
even in getting to that, sometimes there's a little bit of a struggle that no one talks about. And I talk about it with my family and my mentees and my students akin to growing pains. In order to grow up, you have these little pains that they they hurt at first, but then they, they subside and you're like, oh, I'm taller or, oh, I'm doing this. And when we are growing in our life and we're going in different directions, sometimes we have those little growing pains that they are not, they will not last forever. It's just a slight discomfort, uh, but there is comfort on the way too. So I don't know if that makes sense, but I, it makes a lot of sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So first of all, I want to, I love that you brought up worthy, worthiness, like that is my absolute jam. As you know, I <laughs> help people to discover their worthiness, but not just discover it because they discover it, they don't know it. The knowing yeah. is on this internal cellular level. And when you truly know you're worthy, there isn't that conceitedness in that. And that's the most, the noisiest people are the insecure ones, right? It's the yeah. quiet confidence that you have when you know that you're worthy. It doesn't mean it's still not scary to put your stuff out there. Of course, it's scary. And I love yeah. that you akin it to growing pains and, and that in in the challenges, even though they're very difficult at the time, if you look back on every challenge you've ever had, you can discover the growth and expansion that came out of it and you can appreciate them. So if you can appreciate the ones behind you, perhaps you can appreciate the one you're in for the growth and expansion it is creating in you. Absolutely. And I think too that you know, a lot of times when once I have finished with something and my my teacher now, my teacher who she passed away in uh, in November, mm -hmm. oh, no, December, uh, but she would always say, that's your process, your process. And I think I've told you this before, too. My process is to tell myself a lot of the time, oh, you can't do that or you can't do it. And then once I've achieved it, like, oh, my God, I did that thing and I was able to do it really well. Um, but what if you told yourself all along, I can do this, no matter how long it takes, I can do it. My process won't be the same as everybody else's, but I can do A, B, C, D, and E. If I can't do it with A, B, C, D, and E, then I have the whole rest of the alphabet to get to it. And it doesn't matter how I get there as long as I do get there. For mm -hmm. me. Right. Think of it right now with the whole clip that's going viral right now, still going viral on uh on social media of me singing Nerone and Agrippina. When mm -hmm. I first started doing that role, I was not happy with how I did it because I was I rushed myself to learn it. Uh and the second time I did it, it was also another fast process, but I was so much more equipped uh because I had already done it. And then this third time around, I felt like I like not that I owned the role, but that the role belongs to me. Mm -hmm. That handle, of course he didn't know who I am. But in my heart of hearts, I believe that even way back in the uh, in the Baroque period, the 1600s to 1750, I believe that Handel may have dreamed about me <laughs> and I that I am somebody that he thought would come along and sing this. Mm. And I did. And I, you know, I'm happy. You know, I'm happy when I am able to overcome things that are not uh, immediately easy. Because mm. no one says that the journey is easy, but it is worth it if you stay on it. Yeah, absolutely. It's always worth it. And the, the most difficult journey seemed to be the most worthwhile. Don't they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that you pointed out that we're never, we're, we're never going to be 
perfect at something the first time. And yeah. well, I would, don't even like the word perfection, although I am honestly a recovering perfectionist, which mm. stems from that not feeling worthy and trying to prove yourself, right? So either you're trying to always prove yourself or yeah. you're hiding or some, you know, and um, and I know I know that happens because I remember when you and I were first working together, you didn't even want to send an email to a couple of those places, right? Do you remember they wanted to reach out to you? Yeah, to the Apollo, to to the Barbican, to the Wallace. Mm -hmm. All of them said yes. No one said no. No one said no. But you had this this fear. This fear was I don't belong yep. in those places, right? Yep. Yep. That was exactly right. Isn't it funny? I mean, it's hilarious now. Uh, I wonder, I mean, I just wonder why I, I was just afraid. Fear is a thing, you know, like you talk about those are sometimes the things that stop us from going the extra distances, fear that is unwarranted. And, and I teach my kids that too now. Thank God for, for you. But it's just like, uh, you know, the worst that they can say is no. And you're not going to die if somebody says no. But you will be, it's a gift actually, because then you don't have to work as hard. You know, then you're like, okay, that person said no. I move on to the next person. Let's, let's go to person B. Let's go. I mean, this is a, a prime example of the alphabet. A said no, B, C, D, E, F, G. That still exists. Why not try those options? Right. Those might be the options that actually get you to a better A. Exactly. Better. A better. You're right. You're right. Absolutely. You know, and I, I tell my clients and my kids the same thing. You know, my, my daughter's applying to graduate schools and she has not finished her application for University of Maryland yet where you are. <laughs> so I'm on her uh, for a doctorate degree. And she's like, well, I, you know, I don't want to like, I don't think I belong there. That's too lofty. And I said, let them say no. Don't say no to yourself. Let them say no. And if they say no, you know, like she just had her interview for a PhD at, um, oh, I think Roberts Westland. And, um, you know, she she got put like just like number two on the wait list. So they'll probably offer it to her. But she but I told her ahead of time, if they they know who is a good fit for that school and they and they know who is not. And if they say no, sometimes that's the gift because you're going to end up at the place you truly belong. And that goes for any time we we hear a no, but we can't hear a no unless we get in the game. Just two days ago, I applied for a national conference to speak at a national conference, right? Got to get in the game. I speak a lot locally. I'm all over the place locally. And, uh, but I'm like, I'm, yeah, nationally, like they're just, they're just human beings. I can speak at a national conference. Of course I can, you know, get in the game. And if they say, no, maybe that's not the conference I'm meant to be at. I'm going to apply to some more. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's beautiful. So let's talk a little bit about um, what does it feel like to be living this this big, best, big, beautiful life? You tell me what you feel like and I'll tell you what I feel like. You know, I was having this conversation with my my niece and my sister the other day. Like I said, they, they're kind of struggling a little bit right now. And I was saying it, it's not that it happens. Well, it does ha happen maybe a little bit every day, but that particular day right now my husband is in Detroit with his family so I'm, I have the whole house to myself so me and my me and my puppy Mr. Zeus the Pooch here oh. um but we we were sitting in the living room and I was sitting alone you know and every so often I'll just look up and I'll say I mean I'm looking at my house right now this is my home 
I've worked my butt off for it. And people who come to this place, they'll never understand, nor maybe should they unless they ask, but they'll never understand. My heart beats fast talking about it. Uh, they'll never understand the, the journey of getting here. And I sat in my chair in the living room and I just said, Lord, I thank you. I thank you for this beautiful life that I live. Um, it's not always perfect, but it doesn't have to be perfect. It's mine and I'm not perfect. Uh, but I thank you for every little thing. Uh, Maya Angela would say for the leaves and the fleas and the trees and the mountains. Uh, for you alone are worthy. Like, you know, just this, this worthiness and this excitement and this gratitude of being able to say, which room do I want to talk to Linda in today? Or <laughs> which room do I just want to sit in and watch TV? Do I want to sit in the theater? And this is not a, in, a, in a way of being, because <clears throat> I am not by any means like super duper wealthy, but I am wealthy here. Mm -hmm. And uh, it feels like complete and utter freedom. Like I wonder now, like when I get things in, if I, if I am talking about money, because I used to be very uh, not a great steward of my money, uh, but I'm like, how can I help others? What can I do to pay it forward? And this is where the advocating for youth and arts and and helping other people to understand that they can take the world by storm too comes into place. Is that Oprah would oftentimes say, "What good is it to have a gift if you can't share it?" So being able to share the gift of my life and my being and whatever I do have that I can share with others. It feels like I'm absolutely soaring and I just feel free. Mm. You know, I feel, I feel for the most part, really happy. You know, I wouldn't say that every single moment is like that. Cause I, I think that that's a lie, but mostly I really am happy. I, and I love what I do. I love, I have not ever felt like even when I'm get, I'm going to go to the university in a few minutes to do some work for the committee, but I don't ever feel like I'm working. It just feels <laughs> like joy. It feels like, oh, what's the words? I mean, it just feels like I am in the flow. Mm, yeah. That, you know, that it feels like, know, that, like, okay, whatever's happening, I'm in it. It's supposed to happen. You know, Zeus had an accident last night and I know I've been taking, I say, well, it was supposed to happen. <laughs> you know, I didn't even really get upset. I mean, I did say, you know, you're not supposed to do that. But I thought, just pick it up and go. Because, you know, there, it's just a part of being, and, 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 um, and that keeps me, it keeps me humble. Mm. You know, Stephanie Blythe once said she was a very, very famous opera singer, very, very famous. And somebody said, what keeps her humble? She said, well, I have to pick up my dog's poop every day. That, <laughs> that's right just like, you know it, it's just being in flow and my prayer is that in being in flow that my life I pray um that my life changes somebody else's life because I know that it's not just meant for me I I oh I don't want to cry I really I really live in a in a space of thanksgiving I really do and I really pray that my being even if it doesn't, but I pray that it means something to other people and that they can see me and say, because John is doing it, I too can do it. My story may not look like his and it's not supposed to because it's mine, but if John Holiday can do it, I can do it. Yes, that was the answer that you told me when we were talking about 
um, way back in that session years ago, if you should even go on The Voice, remember? We had this conversation. And if you want to make these big, beautiful ripples in the world, you need to be seen. What, 9 million viewers a night or something? You need to be seen. And of course, you were seen and, you know, just... That yeah. was just a fabulous thing. I want to tell the audience, go back and look at John Holiday on The Voice, especially that that opening when you sang Misty and John Legend was like, what now? What? Yeah. <laughs> Amazing, right? Absolutely. Um, yeah. So, okay, I know you've got to get going. So the very first thing someone should do to start the journey, to start the journey to worthiness, because you can't step into your gifts until you truly feel worthy. You can't set, you know, like sending those emails. You weren't doing that, right? We needed I to wasn't, I wasn't. Yeah. Wasn't. And it's something now that I teach a course for our second year graduate students, I make them send the emails mm. to people who it's difficult. But I would say the first thing that it's important to do is to get clear about the stories that you're telling yourself. Mm-hmm. To get really clear about why you are perpetuating these false narratives about yourself when no one else is doing it but you. Why am I telling myself this thing that I know is untrue about me? Why? Where where does that stem from? Does it stem from your upbringing? Does it stem from somebody saying that you weren't enough? What does it stem from? But getting super clear about that because that's so important. Uh, That's what I would say the first thing is to do. Clear about the false narratives. Then to get clear about what it is that you want. What do you want? Instead of focusing on the things that you don't want. And I believe that this is one thing I can actually say even before I met you, but I got even clearer with it, is be clear about the things that you want and focus on that. All the stuff that you don't want, that stuff's gonna probably, you know, it may happen, it may not. But if you focus your energy on what you want, who knows what might happen? Energy is real, man. That thing, energy, I believe that energy, if you put love into it, I believe that that love, that frequency of love is so big. Like Maya Angelou said, that love could truly, if if everybody used love that they had rather than their hate, I believe that love could move a mountain. I agree. I agree. So, and here's the thing that I was saying at the very beginning of this call, there's five things that people need to do in order to live their big best life. And you just hit the, at least the first three. So the first one is know your worth. The second is become clear on your purpose. The third is harness your gifts and own your power. The fourth is align your energy and your direction with all that. And the fifth is along the whole way, free yourself from the obstacles that want to hold you back. Yes. That is what I do as a coach, as you know, being my one of my very favorite clients ever. And um, that is the path. So, John, thank you. Oh, my gosh. This has been so wonderful. Now, I want to point some people to some things that you've done. You yes. did the TEDx talk and you named it after a tool that I taught you, which yeah. is flattering and beautiful. Tell us what it was called. Yeah, we called it the monsters under your bed because mm-hmm. that's something that Linda and I talked about. That was like one of our very first conversations, or like our first couple of conversations, maybe our first four. Um, because like I said, it was something that I was doing. I was telling myself all these things that weren't true based off of what I don't know, but it's in the TEDx talk. So go go in and, and, and listen to that, watch that. And then I also want to point you guys to, I was really privileged 
to be able to be a part of CNN's. Uh, they have a platform called The Great Big Story. It's a very, very huge platform, Great Big Story. And I'm featured on that as well. And The New Yorker also did a feature on me. And maybe I have something coming up that'll come in July that you should that you should be tuning into, but I can't say it yet because it's a big, big, big thing. We haven't scheduled it, but I know it's happening. Oh, mm. I'm so excited. I can't wait to find out what that is. So I will put those links into the show notes for our audience. John, thank you so much for being such an inspiration for exemplifying what happens when you do discover and own your worth, your gifts, align it all, move through the fear. There's always fear of moving to that next level, but you always move through it. What a beautiful example you are for the world. And you are a ripple maker in a big way, because when you step into the big light, more people can see where your ripples reach far and wide. And the legacy you're leaving is so beautiful. I'm so excited that you were here with us today. I know you and I will talk soon for sure. Um, so thank you for being here. Before we go, Linda. Yeah. My spirit says, because I'm just thinking, should I say it or not? But it keeps coming to me. I want to say to you, because not only are you a coach, but you're a teacher. And sometimes teaching can be a thankless job. It can be something that people don't get to come back and say thank you for. Um, we start living our lives and we forget to come back around. Or some people do. I don't. But some people forget to come back around and say thank you. And I just want to say thank you for from afar, not even knowing me, but believing in me and helping to propel me forward. Your love, your belief, your support, your pushing gently um, has made me an even more amazing person than, than I was before. And I thank you from the bottom of my heart for helping me to find myself, to find and be comfortable with myself, and to be comfortable with giving myself grace when I didn't know the answers. So thank you. Oh, you are very welcome. It's my pleasure. <laughs> my pleasure. Thank you, John. Okay, I'm going to wrap it up today. Everybody, once again, I'm Linda Booker, a transformational speaker, a master certified life coach, and I am on a mission to inspire and impact millions of people to know their worth and share their gifts, deliberately creating big, beautiful ripples in the world. So if you're feeling stuck, unworthy, unfulfilled, or out of alignment in your life or career, go to my website and click on that pink button that says chat with Linda and let's talk about it. So I'd like to thank John Holiday being with me today. I'd like to thank you, our devoted listener. You are lifelong learners. Thank you for sharing your time with us today. And until next time, make sure that you've made this conversation worth your while by fueling the spark that it ignited.